Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titans Curse, Violet Gliadin, Chapter 11, Grover Gets a Lamborghini. We were crossing the Potomac when we spotted the helicopter. It was a sleek black military model, just like the one we'd seen at Westover Hall, and it was coming straight towards us. They know the van, I said. We have to ditch it. Zoe swerved into the fast lane. The helicopter was gaining. Maybe the military will shoot it down, Grover said, hopefully. The military probably thinks it's one of theirs, I said. How can the general use mortals anyway? Mercenaries, Zoe said bitterly. It is distasteful, but many mortals will fight for any cause as long as they are paid. But don't these mortals see who they're working for? I asked. Don't they notice all the monsters around them? Zoe shook her head. I do not know how much they see through the myth. I doubt it would matter to them if they knew the truth. Sometimes mortals can be more horrible than monsters. The helicopter kept coming, making a lot better time than we were through DC traffic. Dahlia closed her eyes and prayed hard. Hey, Dad, a lightning bolt would be nice about now, please. But the sky stayed gray and snowy. No sign of a helpful thunderstorm. There, Bianca said. The parking lot. We'll be trapped, Zoe said. Trust me, Bianca said. Zoe shot across two lanes of traffic and into a mall parking lot on the south bank of the river. He left the van and followed Bianca down some steps. Subway entrance, Bianca said. Let's go south. Alexandria. Anything, Thalia agreed. We bought tickets and got through the turnstile, looking behind us for any signs of pursuit. A few minutes later, we were safely aboard southbound train riding away from D.C. As our train came above ground, we could see the helicopter circling the parking lot, but it didn't come after us. Grover let us sigh. Nice job, Bianca. Thinking of the subway, Bianca looked pleased. Yeah, well, I remember that station from when Nico and I came through last summer. I was really surprised to see it because it wasn't here when we used to live in D.C. Grover found new? But that station looked really old. I guess, Bianca said, but trust me, we lived here as little kids. There was no subway. Thalia sat forward. Wait a minute, no subway at all? Bianca nodded. Now, I knew nothing about D.C., but I didn't see how their whole subway system could be less than 12 years old. I guess everyone else was thinking the same thing, because they looked pretty confused. Bianca, Zoe said. How long ago? Her voice faltered. The sound of the helicopter was getting louder again. We need to change trains, I said. Next station. Over the next half an hour, all we thought about was getting away safely. We changed trains twice. I had no idea we where we were going, but after a while, we lost the helicopter. Unfortunately, when we got off the train, we found ourselves at the end of the line in an industrial area with nothing but war warehouses, railroad tracks, and snow. Lots of snow. It seemed much colder here. I was glad of my new lion for a coat. We wandered through the railway. You're thinking there might be another passenger train somewhere. But there were just rows and rows of freight cars, most of which were covered in snow, like they hadn't moved in years. A homeless guy was standing at a trash can fire. We must have looked pretty pathetic because he gave us a toothless grin and said, you all need to get warmed up? Come on over here. 
We huddled round his fire. Dolly's teeth were chattering. She said, Well, this is great. My hooves are frozen, Grover complained. Feet, I corrected for the sake of the homeless guy. Maybe we should contact camp, Bianca said. Kyan, no, Zoe said. They cannot help us any more. We must finish this quest ourselves. I gazed miserably around the railway yard. Somewhere far to the west, Annabeth was in danger. Artemis was in chains. A doomsday monster was on the loose. And we were stuck on the outskirts of D.C. sharing a homeless person's fire. You know, the homeless man said, you're never completely without friends. His face was grimly and his beard tangled, but his expression seemed kindly. You kids need a train going west? Yes, sir, I said. You know of any? He pointed one greasy hand. Suddenly, I noticed a freight train gleaming and free of snow. It was one of those automobiles carrier train with steel mesh curtains and a triple deck of cars inside. The side of the freight train was said Sun Westline. That's convenient, Thalia said. Thanks, uh... She turned to the homeless guy, but he was gone. The trash can in front of us was cold and empty, as if he'd taken the flames with him. An hour later, we were rumbling west. There was no problem about who would drive now, because we all got our own luxury car. Zoe and Bianca were crashed out in a Lexus on the top deck. Grover was playing race car driver behind the wheel of a Lamborghini, and Thalia had hot-wired the radio in a black Mercedes SLK so she could pick up the alt-rock station from D.C. Join you, I asked her? She shrugged, so I climbed into the shotgun seat. The radio was playing The Wire Stripes. I knew the song because it was one of the only CDs I owned that my mom liked. She said it reminded her of Led Zeppelin. Thinking about my mom made me sad because it didn't seem likely I'd be home for Christmas. I might not live that long. Nice coat, Thalia told me. I pulled it around me. Thank you for the warmth. Yeah, but the Nemen Lion wasn't the monster we're looking for. Not even close. We've got a long way to go. Whatever this mystery monster is, the general said it would come for you. They wanted to isolate you from the group so the monsters will appear and battle you one-on-one. -on -one. He said that or something like that. Yeah, that's great. I love being used as bait. No idea what the monster might be, she shook her head morsefully. But you know where we're going, don't you? San Francisco. That's where Artemis was heading. I remembered something about Annabeth had said at the dance, that how her dad was moving to San Francisco, and there was no way she could go. Half-bloods couldn't live there. Why, I asked. What's so bad about San Francisco? The mess is really stick there because of the mountains of despair so near. Titan magic, what's left of it, still lingers. Monsters are attracted to that area like you wouldn't believe. What's it's the mountain of despair. Thalia raised an eyebrow. You really don't know? Ask stupid Zoe. She's the expert. She glared out the windshield. I wanted to ask what she was talking about, but I also didn't want to sound like an idiot. I hated feeling like Thalia knew more than I did. So I kept my mouth shut. The afternoon sun shone through the steel mesh side of the freight car, casting a shadow across Thalia's face. I thought about how different she was from Zoe, so all formal and aloof, 
like a princess. Valeria was her ratty clothes and her rebel attitude, but there was something similar about them too. The same kind of toughness. Right now, sitting in the shadows with a gloomy expression, Dahlia looked a lot like one of those hunters. Then it suddenly hit me. That's why you don't get along with Zoe. Dahlia found what? The hunters tried to recruit you, I said. I guess. Her eyes got dangerously bright. I thought she was going to zap me out of the Mercedes, but she just sighed. I almost joined them, she admitted. Luke, Annabeth, and I ran into them once, and Zoe tried to convince me. She almost did, but... But? Valia's fingers gripped the wheel. I would have had to leave Luke. Oh, Zoe and I got into a fight. She told me I was being stupid. She said I regret my choice. She said Luke would let me down someday. I watched the sun through the metal curtain. We seemed to be traveling faster each second. Shadows flickered like an old movie projector. That's harsh, I said. Hard to admit Zoe was right. She wasn't right. Luke never let me down, never. We'll have to fight him, I said. There's no way around it. Valia didn't answer. You haven't seen him lately, I warned. I know it's hard to believe, but I'll do what I have to. Even if that means killing even if that means killing him, do me a favor, she said. Get out of my car. I felt so bad for her. I didn't argue. I was about to leave, she said, Percy. When I looked back, her eyes were red, but I couldn't tell if it was from anger or sadness. Annabeth wanted to join the hunters, too. Maybe you should think about why. Before I could respond, she raised the power windows and shut me out. I sat in the driver's seat of Grover's Lamborghini. Grover was asleep in the back. He'd finally given up trying to impress Zoe and Bianca with his pipe music after he played Poison Ivy and caused very stuff to sprout from their Lexus air conditioner. As I watched the sun go down, I thought of Annabeth. I was afraid to go to sleep. I was worried what I might dream. Oh, don't be afraid of dreams, a voice said right next to me. I looked over. Somehow, I wasn't surprised to find the homeless guy from the railway yard sitting in the shotgun seat. His jeans were so worn out, they were almost white. His coat was ripped with stuffing coming out. He looked kind of like a teddy bear, but he had been run over by a truck. If it weren't for dreams, he said, I wouldn't know half the things. I know about the future. They're better than Olympus tabloids. He cleared his throat, then held up his hand dramatically. Dreams like a podcast, downloading truth in my ears. They tell me cool stuff. Apollo, I guess, because I figured nobody else could make a haiku that bad. He put his fingers to his lips. I'm incognito. Call me Fred. A god named Fred? Uh, well, Zeus insists on certain rules. Hands off when there's human quest, even when something really major is wrong, but nobody messes with my baby sister. Nobody. Can you help us then? Shh! I already have. Haven't you been looking outside the train? How fast are we moving? Apollo chuckled. Fast enough. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. It's almost sunset, but I imagine we'll get you across a good chunk of America at least. But where's Artemis? His face darkened. I know a lot, and I see a lot, but even I don't know that. She clouded from me. I don't like it. 
And Annabeth? He frowned. Oh, you mean that girl you left? Hmm, I don't know. I tried not to feel mad. I knew the gods had a hard time taking mortals seriously, even half-bloods. We live such short lives compared to the gods. What about the monster Arden can I ask? Do you know what it is? No, Apollo said, but there is one who might. If you haven't found the monster when you read San Francisco, seek out Nerissus, the old man of the sea. He has a long memory and a sharp eye. He has the gift of knowledge, sometimes kept obscured from my oracle. But it's your oracle, I protested. Can't you tell us what the prophecy means? Apollo sighed. You might as well ask an artist to explain his art, or ask a poet to explain his poem. It defeats the purpose. The meaning is only clear through the search. In other words, you don't know. Apollo checked his watch. Ah, look at, look at the time. I have to run. I doubt I can risk helping you again, Percy. But remember what I said. Get some sleep. And when you return, I expect a good haiku about your journey. I wanted to protest that I wasn't tired and I'd never make up a haiku in my life. But Apollo snapped his fingers and the next thing I knew, I was closing my eyes. In my dream, I was somebody else. I was wearing an old-fashioned Greek tunic, which was a little too breezy downstairs, and lace leather sandals. The Nememan lion skin was wrapped around my back like a cape, and I was running somewhere, being pulled along by a girl who was gripping my hand tightly. Hurry, she said. It was too dark to see her face clearly, but I could hear the fear in her voice. He will find us. It was nighttime. A million stars blazed above. We were running through tall grass, and the scent of a thousand different flowers made the air intoxicating. It was beautiful garden, and yet the girl was leading me through it as if we were about to die. I'm not afraid, I tried to tell her. You should be, she said, pulling me along. She had long dark hair braided down her back. Her silk robes glowed faintly in the starlight. We raced up the side of the hill. She pulled me behind a thorn bush, and we collapsed, both breathing heavily. I didn't know why the girl was scared. The garden seemed so peaceful, and I felt strong, stronger than I ever felt before. There is no need to run, I told her. My voice sounded deeper, much more confident. I have bested a thousand monsters with my bare hands. Not this one, the girl said. Lanon is too strong. You must round up the mountain to my father it is the only way the hurt in her voice surprised me she was really concerned almost like she cared about me i don't trust your father i said you should not the girl agreed you will have to trick him but you cannot take the prize directly you will die i chuckled then why don't you help me pretty one i i am afraid Ladin will stop me my sisters if they found out, they would disown me. Then there's nothing for it. I stood up, rubbing my hands together. Wait, the girl said. She seemed to be agonizing over decision. Then her fingers trembling. She reached up and plucked a long white brooch from her hair. If you must fight, take this. My mother's Pelone, give it to me. She was a daughter of the ocean, and the ocean's power is infinite. My immortal power. The girl breathed on the pin and it
glowed faintly. It gleamed in the starlight like Pallas alone. Take it, she told me, and make of it a weapon. I laughed. A hairpin? How will this land on, pretty one? It may not, she admitted, but it is all I can offer if you insist on being stubborn. The girl's voice softened my heart. I reached down and took the hairpin, and as I did it, it grew longer and heavier in my hand until I held a familiar bronze sword. Well balanced, I said, though I usually prefer to use my bare hands. What shall I name this blade? Acolymnos, the girl said sadly. The current that takes one by surprise, and before you know it, you have been swept out to sea. Before I could thank her, there was a trembling sound in the grass, and a hiss like air escaped in the tribe. And the girl said, too late, he's here. I sat bolt upright in the Lamborghini's driver's seat. Grover was shaking my arm. Percy, he said, it's morning, the train stopped. Come on. I tried to shake off my drowsiness. Thalia, Zoe, and Bianca had already rolled up the metal curtains outside, where snowy mountains started with pine trees, the sun rising red between two peaks. I fished out my pen in my pocket and stared at it. Akamuso, the ancient Greek name for Riptide, a different form, but I was sure it was the same blade. I seen it in my dream, and I was sure of something else too. The girl I had seen was Joe Nightshade.